Well, I, I want to do something quite practical with you this morning. Um, we're in the middle of the 40 days of prayer and fasting, and I hope we're all going well. This is a time, a traditional time in the Christian calendar right across the globe where we forgo something that is important to us. It could be food, it could be now social media, technology. Um, we forgo something that is important to us and we utilise that time uh, to be spending more time in prayer and devotion to God and also to do good to others. And so we should be halfway through the uh, 40 days of prayer and fasting and traditionally it finishes just before Easter on Holy Thursday. So this morning what I want to do is focus particularly on prayer and we're going to, I'm going to share a little bit around prayer and then we're going to have a practical time where we're going to write out some prayers. Um, a couple of years ago, the Pastor Rob um, did an amazing uh, series called the Lord Prayer Series. If you were here around that time, you might remember that prayer series. And it focused on, of course, the most famous prayer in the Bible, the Our Father. The disciples came up to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And what he, in, he gave us was the Our Father, which you'll find in Luke 11. And the start of that prayer starts with the very two words, our Father. Prayer essentially is all about a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So this morning, if you read the Bible, you'll see there's all sorts of different types of prayers. There is the Our Father, but there is all sorts of types of prayers that are communicating with God. And I want to just share with you some of the types of prayers that you will find in the Bible. We find communion, that is a time where we would spend, you know, in our devotional time where we're communing with God throughout the day. Um, and that can be verbally, that can be silently, but where we have a focus on God. There is supplication, where we lift up our needs to God, where we tell God exactly what we need. Then we have intercession, and that's a time when we stand in the gap and we intercede for someone else. Maybe someone else is not able to pray. Maybe they find themselves in a weak place. And we stand in the gap for someone or even for a city or a nation. Then we have spiritual warfare. And that's usually for our mind because the battle is in our mind. And we usually have types of prayers where we're binding and loosing things. And, of course, we have thanksgiving there are times where we're, we're really naming our blessings and we're giving thanks and praise for those blessings. And then we have prayers of agreement, which is another word for saying corporate prayer. Um, if you haven't been to our, the corporate prayer before the service this, uh, this morning, uh, I encourage you to come along. There's even corporate prayer on a Wednesday night. But that's a time where people come and they come in agreement they bring a prayer and they agree with each other for that prayer. And it's a wonderful time. It's a passionate time. Um, if you, I, I came in here this morning and I, my faith levels all rose up as I was hearing everyone pray. So in my personal life of prayer, I just wanted to share with you some how I have found my prayer life change. When I came to Jesus, when I came to faith at the age of 23, I was hungry to learn how to pray. And my sister, my older sister, Rena, her and I, we used to walk at least once a week. And um, we had this pattern of walking once a week in the morning around 6 o'clock. And so our times of walking 
turned out to be times of praying. Uh, my sister was already um, following the Lord for many years and so she took it upon herself to teach me as we were walking how to pray. And so she would, we would walk and we would just pray for different things. I was really still hungry to learn more about prayer so the church that I was attending at the time, I joined their corporate prayer meeting. And much like this morning, there was a whole lot of passion going on. People were firing up requests and I would be spending time listening. And I really learnt in that time that whatever God laid on your heart, to have the boldness, to have the confidence to bring it forth. Because it was almost like a little jigsaw piece in the puzzle of what God was wanting to bring forth in prayer. But I noticed that type of prayer kind of came into my own personal devotional life where I would be just passionately firing up requests to God and I was doing a whole lot of talking but maybe not so much listening to God. Um, I've noticed also in times when um, I would, people would say to me, please pray for this or please pray for that and, um, you know, to, to help them I would pray those needs up to God and often, if I can be completely honest with you, sometimes I wouldn't be doing it necessarily in faith, I'd be doing it more out of a place of anxiety because I wanted to get the need off my chest. I'm being truthful with you. Today much of my prayer time is spent in comfortable silence. I love getting up early in the morning when things are still and quiet and I get up and I go for a walk and I simply say to God, good morning father, this is the day you have made. I choose to be glad and I choose to rejoice in it and I just listen I just listen to what he may have for me. And if there's something that I'm feeling inside in terms of if I'm worried about something, I'll just communicate that with him. And, you know, at the end of the time, I often will just say, Lord, whatever this day brings, I trust you. I ask for the grace to walk out this day. But one other way that I have found prayer incredibly powerful is writing out prayers. You know, we can talk our prayers. We need, we're encouraged to speak out our prayers. But another form is actually writing out our prayers. I've always been a journal writer since a you know, tiny kid. I've always loved, I think my auntie gave me a diary when I was about six and I, from when I could start to write, I used to just write little events that were going on in my life. And that's carried with me through most of my life of being a journal writer. So when we introduced soap to the church, I, was, I jumped on board straight away. It was not something that was hard for me. I discovered my, my journals from when I was a teenage kid a couple of years ago, found them in the cupboard and I thought, oh, I'll have a read through. And you'll be glad to know I was a typical teenager. I was obsessed, obsessed about boys. <laughs> Nearly every page I would be writing about, you know, so-and-so, I liked him or didn't like him or all the typical things of a teenager's life. But what absolutely fascinated me you know, if, if you were to ask me, Sandra, when did you give your life to the Lord? I'd say, yes, 23. But as I was reading these journals, I noticed that I was actually communicating, communing with God way before the day that I actually surrendered my life. I was asking God all these questions. I was talking to God in my journals. I was absolutely blown away. And then I was, I was like, wow, Lord, you had your hand upon my life, even before I was really aware that you were there. I, I was completely gobsmacked by it. And so there's something powerful about writing out our prayers, and I just want to share three things that I think why they're powerful. 
The first is that they become like a record of remembrance. You know, in the Old Testament, when God did something great, when he performed a miracle of some description or his presence was felt, the people would build an altar. And they would build an altar for a reason. The reason is our memories can be foggy. Yeah? So when God does something great, they would build an altar to remind them that God did something great. Yeah? And so our prayers, when they're written out, they become like a record of remembrance. Our human nature, and more so today than ever before, is that we move quickly on to the next thing. Right? Something good happens and then we move on to the next thing. Whereas sometimes when we're in those dark places, those places like, God, where are you? Our prayers become a reminder of what God has done and how God has answered those prayers, which is what happened when I read my journals, when I've gone back. Oh, I I wrote this prayer out and that's how God answered that prayer. You know, God always answers prayer. He may not always answer the way we like but he does always answer prayer. So when we record it, it it is an incredible way of reminding us of how God is active in our life and how he is faithful to us. And so when we are a little bit down in the dumps and where we are with God, it reminds us to stir up that faithfulness in us. The second reason um, prayers are powerful when we write them out is intentionality. Today, most of our communication is restricted down to SMSs. We fire off SMSs without really thinking. Uh, Tweets, you're allowed a certain number of characters. Uh, Our communication style today is, I think, with not much reflection. We just fire things off. Hands up, who remembers when we used to actually receive letters? Yeah. Do you remember the aerograms? Does anyone remember an aerogram? It was about four panels when you write to someone overseas and you had to try and fit it all into the aerogram and then you had to lick up all the sides and, you know. I remember that. That wasn't that long ago. It was about 20 years ago, I think, we still had them. I don't even know if Australia Post still sells aerograms. Does anyone know? No, I wouldn't have a clue. It's a form of communication now that is long gone. And yet there was something beautiful when you received a letter. You know that you saw the person's handwriting. You know that they sat down and intentionally thought about what they wanted to communicate with you. It's a lost art. It really is. It's a lost art. So when we sit down, when we spend the time and we do away with the distractions of this world, and my goodness, we are distracted. I, when I came in this morning, I shared how I was, I was really quite anxious as I was driving down the Payne Highway. Um, I saw this girl behind me p-platter the whole time her head was down looking at her phone and I had to stop at one point and it completely freaked me out because her head was still down and she hadn't seen that I'd stopped and so I put my I didn't know what to do other than to beep really really loudly the poor soul in front of front of me probably thought I was beeping at him but really I was trying to get the girl's attention behind me we're distracted we're doing so many different things at the same time and we can all be guilty of that so having the intention to stop, move, put our distractions to the side and actually think, what is it that I desire? What is it that I need? What is it that I want to say to God? Communicate something to God. We're not just, you know, in the rush. We're actually 
thinking and being intentional. The third reason why writing prayers is powerful is that it inspires. There's inspiration. If you think about it, the prayers in the Bible, they inspire us because not only were they spoken out, they were written. And we have them as a record. And they, they show us how people dealt with certain situations that they had confronted in their lives and what they said and did and how God answered. It's a, it's a source of inspiration. Many of the Psalms are songs and prayers that were written uh, in particular trials and situations. And they were real and they were honest. And so I want to share with you this morning uh, four prayers. Two of them not quite so well known. Um, I deliberately did that. To speak into um, what the people were going through. And two prayers that are not in the Bible but are written by quite well known people. So the first prayer, which you'll have in your little notes, um, is Jonah's prayer. Now, if you know the story of Jonah, God tells Jonah, he's got an assignment for Jonah, and that is to go to the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was a wicked city. They were steeped in sin, but God's heart was that the city would repent and turn away before he was to place judgment on the city. So he tells Jonah to go and preach, to prophesy to the city to repent. Jonah thought, no, I'm not going to do that. This city isn't worth saving. So he thought he could up God and tell him, nope, I'm not interested because they deserve what they get from what they've done. And so Jonah went into the opposite direction of the city of Nineveh. Now, if you know the story, he uh, got on a boat to go to a certain place and there was a huge storm. And before you know it, he's in the belly of a fish. Now, the likelihood of this actually happening, there are different thoughts. There are thoughts that this is a story to communicate a truth. Or some people literally do think this actually happened. But what really matters is that Jonah is in a place and he's in the belly of a fish, and he's having regrets. He's realised what he's done. He's realised his mistake in not being obedient to God. And so inside the belly of a fish, I don't think many of us are going to end up in a belly of a fish, but I, can, I think most of us can relate to when we have regrets, when God has spoken to us and maybe we haven't followed through. And, you know, when we've, we really want to get back on track with what God wants for us. So from that place, Jonah prays his prayer. It's, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple." The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought, me up, brought my life from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It's, it's a great, interesting prayer because you can see how he's 
he's done a 180 back to God and said, yes, I will do this thing. And, you know, no matter how um, disobedient we may be or how much we're buried in sin, God will hear our prayer. God will respond to us in those times. The second prayer I want to share with you is in the book of Philippians. And the book of Philippians is considered Paul's joy letter. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote this letter to the, the Philippian church as an encouragement to the church. They, as a church, were a huge encouragement to him. They would often supply some of his ministry needs. So Paul writes this letter as, an, as a letter of encouragement, of, of love and affection towards this church. And he writes this, church, this letter in prison, whilst he is in prison. Now, at this point in Paul's life, he's had the full gamut of life experiences. He's had the highs and the lows. He's been in the in crowd and he's been in the out crowd. He's been wealthy and he's been poor. He's been stoned and whipped. He's had a full gamut of experiences. But in all of it, he's learnt a very important truth. He's learnt contentment no matter what life throws at you and how to draw joy from God no matter what life holds. And so he prays this prayer for the Philippian church. It says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I love this because it's a prayer that we can pray in our own lives no matter what we're facing, to, to ask God's love to abound more and more in our lives, that we may know it, the knowledge and the depth of insight, and, you know, to just distill what is important, what is important at the end of the day. The next uh, prayer may be quite well known to anyone who's got an Irish background, and it's called the St. Patrick's Breastplate. A couple of weeks ago, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Now, St. Patrick is known as the Apostle of Ireland, and he lived in 386 to 493 AD. Now, this prayer is quite popular. It's attributed to him, and the tradition is that he wrote this prayer uh, for divine protection before successfully converting the Irish king, Lehare, and his subjects from paganism to Christianity. Uh, you'll find this prayer, it's actually really quite long. It's part of a, it's called the Liber Honorium and it's a collection of hymns and it's found in two manuscripts in Dublin. But he sang, Patrick sang this prayer when he was actually confronted in an ambush and that ambush was set um, by the Irish king at the time to prevent him from evangelising in Ireland. And history tells us that those who were lying in ambush thought Patrick and his monks were wild deer with a fawn following them. So somehow uh, they, they thought that these people weren't people, that they were actually deer. So there was divine protection over Patrick and the people that he was with. I will often pray this prayer in my own personal life. Um, it, it's stunning. It is quite long, so I've only taken a snippet of what is most popular from it. And it goes like this. Christ with me. Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my left, Christ on my right, 
Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I rise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. It's a beautiful prayer and I, I, when I recite these words, I sense the presence of God and I sense him being with me no matter what the day holds. The final um, prayer, which is actually comes from a poem, is Mother Teresa's Do It Anyway poem. Now, the story goes that this poem, which was originally written by Kent Keith, Mother Teresa adapted it and wrote it on the wall of her home in Calcutta where uh, it was the home for children. And the poem has, as a result, become quite a poetic, famous prayer. And it says, People are often unreasonable, irrational and self-centred. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. And that's so good. I love it. So our prayers, the real purpose of our prayers is that we become more like Jesus. Romans 8.29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his Son. So part of our prayer is finding out what God wants us to do to become more like his Son. So we're going to spend some time crafting a prayer this morning. And um, it doesn't need to be... I'm going to step you through this process. So to begin with, how do we start? We start with thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And we spent some beautiful time in worship doing that. But I'll lead you through a time where we're going to intentionally apply this to our lives. So we enter his courts with thanksgiving. And from there, once we, we are in his presence, we, we still ourselves. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. So we're going to sit quietly and we're going to focus our thoughts on God rather than our problems. And we're going to try to listen to what God is trying to say to us. And in this time, there may be something that God is speaking to us about, something that he wants us to focus on. It may be just one thing. And from there, we can write a prayer. Now, the prayer doesn't need to be long. It, it's not about quantity. And it's not about ha- being, a, you know, having some literary excellence as you're writing this prayer. It's about being real and honest. And I think David did that exceptionally well in the Bible. Even the prayer I read about Jonah. It's about being real and honest. And write a prayer, I believe, that will build your faith, that will encourage you. You could write a prayer that focuses on the promises of God. I encourage you to write a prayer that doesn't go contrary to God's word, which I don't think any of us will do. 
You may want to craft a prayer for something you are facing. I loved how Steve spoke out Ezekiel this morning um, to prophesy to the dry bones, to speak out what it is you want to see. So what is it that you want to see? What is it the one thing that God will place in your heart as we spend time in stillness? You may want to pray for strength. You may want peace or joy for your family, your church, uh, your ministry, your workplace, someone that that God places on your heart. So in the time of silence, which we're about to have, you, um, sorry, in your booklet, you'll have a couple of pages that are blank. Um, once I lead you through this time of silence, uh, Sonia, who I'm going to invite up, she will start to play. When you hear the music, that will be the time when you can start to write your prayer. But before we do that, we're going to have some time of stillness. So can I invite you right now to just get comfortable in your chair and to close your eyes and you might want to just acknowledge your breathing, breathing in and breathing out and I want you to start to reflect perhaps in the past week, where have you seen God's goodness in your life and as you see that Just silently to yourself, just thank him. And from this position of stillness, consider what may be the one thing that God desires for you to write a prayer about. And when you are ready, you can start to write your prayer and you'll have about eight minutes to do so. I hope you have found that useful. Um, I just, as I was sitting there, I was uh, prompted and I'm really just throwing it out there. And uh, if anyone feels inspired right now uh, to share their prayer with this family time right now, feel free just to raise your hand. No pressure. Yep. Michael, do you want to come up? And I saw another hand if you want to come up to me. Yep. Come on up. Lord, you are my strength, my rock, the one who guides me in the time of need. You are always there. I have sinned against you, and you have made me right. With you, you are my joy. You are you are the one who leads me, guides me in this dark world where everything pushes against me. I call to you. You are there. You care for me. You love me. When my ang- when my anxious when I'm anxious, you calm me. Give me the ability to do each day what I must do. You love, your love guides me by still waters. My soul cries out for you. I long to be close to you. You are my, ev- you are my everything. I can't do life without you. But with you, I can do all things. My heart longs for you, to walk with you, to know I'm right where you want me to be. Beautiful, amen. Wonderful. Mimi, thank you. Thanks, Michael. This one's about faithfulness. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful, always with me. You go before me. You see when I rise, when I sleep. Your hands are on me during the times where the anxiety engulfs me. When I look at my circumstances and the desires of my heart get to be fulfilled, you see it all. 
yet you are with me and you love me through it. In the highs and in my lows, you are my cheer squad. You anoint my head with oil. You remind me whose I am. You strengthen my, you straighten my crown. You give me a glorious garment. You say, lift your eyes. Lift your head. I am with you. All things will come to pass. Remember whose you are. Trust me on the journey. What lies ahead will be astounding, not just for you, but others. I love you, my darling. Pick yourself up and shine. Wonderful. So beautiful. Thank you. Jay. mental and physical barriers. Lord Father, lift these from me. Unfold the spirit to work within me to overcome, no, abolish my mental barriers. To say that I am not my physical pain. It can't stop me. Use your grace, Lord, to keep my mind turning, to keep it focused on you and what you see as priority in your plan for me. My mind can't stop. It's not too hard. I can process. I can work things out. I can create, feel, plan and act. I can do it all through Lord Jesus who died on a cross so that I can talk direct with you as I am now. Help me hear you, Lord, and literally push me into what you want for me and give me the drive to action it. Everything that I was then is because of you, so break away the barriers that come between the relationship, our relationship. Show me how. Finish your works in me, O oh Lord, with your peace, understanding and revelation. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the love that you've constantly poured out on us, that you hear my cry. You are so merciful, dear Lord, that your love surpasses all understanding. Lord, you are our provider and you've shown us and me this time and time again. Through sad times of heavy loss, you are there providing your peace and your love. Through times of need, you've been there for me and my family. Bring them to you, Lord. Draw them nearer to you as you, you do all your people. Show them, dear Father, that your love is un unconditional and unmeasurable. Gather your people, our precious Father, that we may lift you high in unity together. You are our King, you are our Lord, our provider and our comforter. Together we will lift you, we'll lift your name high in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> How courageous. Lama. Um, so my prayer was about love. Lord, in the midst of my stillness, you showed me to love anyway without expecting love back. You placed a sense of being others-focused than to be self-focused. When I honour you by focusing on others, your love appeared, your love showed up. Lord, help me to love like you in any situation. Thank you for loving me when I didn't deserve it because you showed us what true love is on the cross, that when you did that, you were others-focused, then self-focused. Help me to love like you. 
Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, Lima. Hi, sweetie. Come on up. What's your name? Dear Lord, thank you for the people who sat before me. Thank you for the family you gave me. Thank you for the friends who look out for me. Thank you for the presence you have given me. Thank you for the trust you have loved me with. Thank you for the time you saved my life. Thank you for your love I didn't deserve. Thank you for being there with me. Thank you for standing by me. Here I stand with things to fear. Here I stand with no love in the air. Here I stand hating people. Here I stand with no, with not listening to my mum and dad. Here I stand not respecting people. Here I stand with worries on my mind. Here I stand yelling at everyone. Here I stand thinking about death. Thank you for, thank you and help me to see the, the bright light in my world. Sarah. Thank you. Wow. Stunning. Samuel. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for what you do for me and my family and friends. Please help Noah to get better so he can go back to the amazing stuff he loves doing. Also to keep mom and Noah safe at Borneo also, I thank you for Grandma and Pa, what they do for us all. Also, I pray for the homeless people to get a home. Also, forgive us all that we do wrong. Please take care of Grandma and Pa to keep them safe and to break free from evil. Please help Alicia to pass her longings, also to make the world a better place. And help James to know you more each year. Amen. And you give me strength. I know I can do all things through you. I have faith in you. Please protect me from wrongdoing. I put on your armor on. Amen. Thank you. Do you feel inspired? It's amazing. It's amazing what, you know, when we spend that time of really just writing something and hearing the heart of other people, it's just, it does something. I want to conclude this um, time of prayer uh, with another prayer. I hope you don't mind. It's a prayer that our prayer leader, Kathy Vass, wrote particularly for the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And so I want to just speak it out over us and then I'll invite Andre to close. It says, Thank you for this season of celebration, discovering what you have hidden for us as we seek, knock, and ask of you. We choose to fix our eyes on you, Lord, in this time, not on the offering we are giving. Father, as we come aside with purpose, may our lives be transformed for your glory. As we invest ourselves in relationship with you, May our hunger for your kingdom increase and unhelpful habits decrease. Thank you that you see us and love us. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher of all teachers. Teach us about honour, courage and boldness. Thank you for new ideas being birthed as we spend time in your anointing. 
You know us, you chose us, you love us. Amen. Amen.